Hey, what's up, everyone? Happy Friday. Hope you all had a great week and that you're gearing up for an awesome weekend. In this episode of the podcast, I've been doing some traveling as of late, so I, get, I had a chance to sit down with my buddy Chad Bria. He and I go way back. Uh, we've known each other for probably, I'd say 20, probably about 20 years. We met right out of college. We were both working for an internet company called HomeBuilder.com. And uh, he was a Salt Lake rep, and I was the Denver rep, and we would hang out at different sales conferences and stuff like that. And so Chad and I became real good friends over the years. And then recently, within the past two years, he decided to leave Phoenix and go live off-grid in a ranch in northern Arizona in the middle of nowhere. And so we talk about his transition from going from the corporate world to those first few months when he was off-grid and uh, also touched on his solar system and kind of the energy needs. And and pretty much this episode of the podcast, this is just like the why behind people going off grid. Like, why do they do it? Why do people choose to live this lifestyle? Because it's not easy. It's it's one of those lifestyles that is pretty physically demanding. And so you have to love it on some capacity in order to uh, be out, out there doing the physical work all the time. But for those of us that that feel that there's more value living this way than the conventional lifestyle, you know that's uh, I think that's that's what prompts most of those people to make the switch. So Chad talks about that in this episode, and uh, yeah, so let's just dive right in. Thanks for listening. All right, so we're here at your ranch. Um, this is off grid in northern Arizona. You've got forty acres and thirty eight point seven. Oh, thirty eight. My wife would say, <laughs> <laughs> just in case if she's listening. Yeah, and you have when? When did you get this property? Uh, it's been almost. It, actually, it'll be two years in about two weeks. Okay. Yeah. And so when you got it, did you got did you guys start building initially like right away or did you? No, it was actually it was. It was actually kind of interesting because Lisa and I were talking about this um, just recently. So we so we got the land, and it was almost like our goal to be up here went into hyperdrive. Mm. Like once that contract came through, I mean, it sounds really strange because you know it's like it's like buying you know you're buying something, but it was just such a commitment step mm-hmm. that it was like that was like everything went into hyperdrive to get up here. Because we still owned our house. Do you know what I mean? So I borrowed, so I borrowed against my 401k to get the land. And then we'd just sell the house and pay it all, all back. We were kind of juggling funds mm-hmm. to try and get creative um, to get up here. So we bought the land. We wanted to own it outright, which made the deal go faster. Instead of getting financing, because that can be kind of hinky with land. Yeah. Um, unimproved land, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they want like 110% down to loan you money on unimproved land. Anyway, so... So we had like so we had this plan. We knew what we wanted to do. We were kind of straightening up and fixing the house for resale to get it on the market, uh, move some things, and um, and it was like you know we'd do some stuff every night to, to you know to get ready you know get out of there. And but but once we once the deal was done on the land, mm-hmm. it was like we would work till two a.m. working on the house, getting it ready. Like we'd work on three hours of sleep, and we'd just blast music and piss off the neighbors <laughs> all night long. Just working, you know, doing baseboards and dusting and just doing all the things because we knew if we could get, you know, the money we wanted for the house, if it walked like a brand new model home, Mm -hmm. you know, then we could do more up here. We'd have more money to work with up here Mm -hmm. because we're just kind of owning everything outright. Mm -hmm. We're trying to, you know, we don't want to go into a bunch of, you know, mortgage debt. Yeah. We went, you know, we lived in the house 15 years Mm -hmm. and we're halfway through it. So like, we're, you know, starting over, it's like... It sounds terrible, doesn't it? <laughs> to just be in that much debt for that long. Oh yeah. Like you go fifteen years in and I know we're getting way off topic, but no, no it's no, kind no. of part of the motivation for being up here though. Mm-hmm. Right. You don't want to be sitting on a fifteen hundred dollar a month payment over your head when you're you know, what would I be? I would be like sixty. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's terrible. Who yeah. wants to do who wants to be sixty going? Well, the first check I write this month is for the place I've been living for the, you know. Yeah. That sounds horrible. Yeah. I don't know why we do it. No, I, th- I think it's that weird social programming that, I mean, 
you know, you got to buy the house, you got to, yeah. you got to have the job, you got the four hundred one k, you got to do all those things. And yeah. and while and while that, that it's proven that that's been a recipe for success for some people, it just doesn't fit for everyone. No, I think like like everything on this planet, there's you know, I have a different blood type than you do, most mm-hmm. likely. Do you know what I mean? Just odds. We're unique. We're all different people. You know, we mm-hmm. we have the. I, I learn in a different way than you learn. You know what I mean? It, there's no one size fits all for yeah. society. I, I don't believe anyway. I think that, I think that's what's driving people like you, and like me, and, and others that are seeking out more of an unconventional life. Like you're going off grid, and, and we're like right now we're at a place 100 percent off grid, total so, solar power generated electricity. Um, everything is run as far as like you know low energy standards stuff like that, <laughs> and yeah. and to do this, it, it, this isn't the easy life. No, you're working a lot, and and you're you're figuring out systems that are are different than what you've been programmed to to learn your entire life, and so it's like you're you're kind of learning how to operate life again on a completely different uh, flow pattern. And, and that's daunting for a lot of people. <laughs> it is, it is. It's um, it's funny when we, when we, you know, when we started looking, the guy we were working with, he was he was a great realtor. When we described what we wanted, he brought us here immediately. Like you know, it's in its. I mean, you've seen what we did. It's perfect for what our plans are. You know, and everything. Um, and he said, uh, he goes, you know, it's a, it's a different lifestyle. It's a lifestyle change. It's not like a weekend change if we can live up here. Mm-hmm. And we're like, yeah, we know, we know, we get it. <laughs> you know. That's what we're planning, but but you still don't know. Like you think you know. Yeah, you don't know. You have no idea. Yeah. You know, like I told you earlier, we spent a bunch of weeks going somewhere else. You know, even though we had the trailer up here and we had work to do, we had to shoot the list of things to get done was you know a half mile long, mm-hmm. um, and we and we still had to escape. You know, and spent a lot of money, frankly, just going and you know back down into Phoenix or. Or down into, you know, or driving to town every day for supplies or this or that, you know, instead of kind of figuring out how to make it work. Yeah. And we finally, you know, obviously did because we're here and, but, but you don't, you don't know, you know, I would say I thought I knew. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty prepared. I got, I got cans of tuna for a year, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I was not prepared. Yeah. I, I tell people the same thing about truck camping. It's like. A lot of people think it's it's what you do when you're the, the, like the weekend trip that they do. They think that's what it's like all the time. And yeah, it's like yeah. no, no, no. That's all your supplies were good to go for that weekend. Like all all of your gas levels and were may, and maybe off. another day. Yeah. Like if you're anal about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you were good. You weren't. It wasn't like a Monday morning and you're you're done recycling all of your clothes and you have to do laundry and it's raining like a mofo out and like all these different and like you know there's no solar power so you're running low on on batteries. Right. Like there's there's different circumstances and different considerations that come up back here, which I think leads to a more engaged living because oh, like does. you're really engaged in what you're doing at that exact moment, which is which I think is fun because yeah. I got I got super bored in the in the plugged in world. Easy to do, um, and it's interesting you say that because we we really don't watch TV like we used you know we used to like in the in this down in the burbs. Yeah. You know, we'd be like, oh, this is on tonight or this is on tonight. Mm-hmm. And up here, it's like, oh, let's get the coffee ready for the morning because we make a gallon. We should make a gallon and a half of you here. <laughs> yeah, <okay. laughs> um, you know, so we make a gallon of coffee. You know, we got to prep for that. Or like a really perfect example is you drove out Friday right after the storm. It was still below freezing. Mm-hmm. So the roads weren't what they are now. Yeah. And so, you know, we got eight inches or ten or whatever the inches of snow were. And we knew, based on living here and everything, that, I, A, I needed to get home while it was still frozen because my car wouldn't make it in any of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Could you imagine that little car? No, that? There's, no, there's no way. <laughs> no way in the world. So, A, I needed to come home while it was frozen. And so we're watching the weather. You know, I'm at a trade show working that I have the weather app on my phone <laughs> because I need to know if it breaks and it starts to warm up. You saw how quick all that snow melted. I'm not getting here. And if it's too bad, Lisa can't four-wheel drive to the back to the pavement, you know, 10 miles and pick me up. Mm-hmm. So you've got a plan. So we've got to watch for that and know I'm three hours away. If I stop for gas, I'm three hours and 15, mm-hmm. right? That's 
that's how you live life. And then because we knew we were going to get stuck here as everything melted for, what's it, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, we might be able to go on day six. So we're snowed in and mudded in for, for six days. So Lisa sends me a text. Stop at Walmart. Get X, Y, Z, A, B, C, one, two, three. Knowing if we're stuck here for a week, we can't get out of here. Mm-hmm. We have the water. We have solar. I have 10 gallons of gas for the generator if I have to flip it on. Mm-hmm. We have. We went last week knowing there was a storm coming and filled, I want to call it 200 pounds of propane, really, because that big tank in the back. Mm-hmm. That's all in preparation for what the weather guessers may or may not be right about. That's not a weekend. Yeah. That's a lifestyle. Right. You, you think about the next storm or being stuck here mm-hmm. or you, you have to or you're, or you're, you're going to be in big trouble. Yeah, I tell the people that when they're off grid or, or you know, like what I do truck camping, which is still off grid, it's just for doing, you know, doing it in a truck. I thought I'm like you live, you literally live by the weather. Mm-hmm. Well, you and, especially and you're so in tune to it. Yeah, you're so in tune to the weather, and you have to be, because if you, you can get yourself in some pretty gnarly situations, you don't want to be out there if it's crazy ass lightning and no. you're trying to put up tarps or something like that. It's like. No. No, you don't want to be up on metal poles unless going. On. <laughs> no, yeah. not not around here. No, there's a mountain nick, mountain nicknamed Lightning Mountain right over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so by the locals. <laughs> so no, you don't want to be on a metal pole. <laughs> yeah. So a little, just a little stuff like that. Uh, going back to what you're saying though about when you first got out here and you and Lisa would would leave because it's it's that connection uh, to the hustle and bustle of town or to modern society yeah. that it, that when I when I hit the road. That's, I had a hard time breaking that. I'd always go into town every day. Yeah, I'd, be, I'd go out in four wheel in the morning, go catch some fish, go into town for dinner that night, you know, and kind of right. hang out with everybody. Then I finally got to the point where after like a year or two, I quit going into town every day. But I was like, yeah. and I didn't realize it, but after I stopped going into town, I was like, man, I was going into town just because like I still somehow wanted a foot in that world. Yeah, it's like quitting a drug or something. You have to almost wean yourself out of that that rat race keeping up with the Joneses kind of, you know, brainwashing, if mm-hmm. you will. I mean, it's a terrible thing to say, but... Well, it's true, though. You said you were conditioned and programmed and patterned to do these things, and mm-hmm. I think you have to break it, and, and you have to want to plan, and you have to want to be prepared and know when the next storm is coming. And Yeah. I think it's a hard thing for people, though, is to break free from the current society i mean you know everybody says oh, i hate facebook and yeah i yeah, hate, I'd hate say that. but but then everybody's on it and so and and then people are like oh, i hate i hate social media but they're on 24 7 and right. you know everybody's paying attention to the news but they all think the news sucks and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah you're right and, and it's like hey this smells terrible yeah, smell it yeah okay. exactly yeah. why do we do this, it this tastes really bad Here, have some. <laughs> well and i just think for a lot of people it's just it's difficult to to make that separation because that's what they've known for so oh, yeah. long and that's what they're comfortable with. And that, that's what I was comfortable with. Yeah. And then when I started to come out here and, and go out real deep in nature and stay back three or four or five, six days at a time and not come back and talk to anybody, that's when the real kind of self-discovery for me began with my off-grid adventures. I'm like, wow, I can stay back in here and it's actually cool and, yeah. and I can do it and I'm not, I'm not worried about anything and I've got the gear now and that's probably, that's probably been another education for, for you and the whole learning experience of like the different types of tools that you need and the oh, solar yeah. system. The solar system you have here is so impressive. Thanks. You know, but getting all that set up and learning what you would need to push the washer and dryer that you have and everything else. Yeah. Terrifying. Dude, that's crazy, man. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I was more scared of not of looking stupid, you know, screwing it up, ruining something, mm-hmm. than being electrocuted by 80 amps which is that's not even a reasonable that's not rational at all (laughs) you know what i mean Uh oh you're afraid of yourself (laughs) you're afraid of how you'll feel (laughs) and not the electricity that can stop your heart yeah yeah i i I, well like we were talking today i think a lot of people want to experience this lifestyle or or you know they fantasize about it but they're they're afraid of, of of admitting that they don't know how to do it yeah, no one does. I still don't. Yeah, I, I, I'm still learning stuff. Yeah. <laughs> we went out and tested the mud and realized that was a stupid idea. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we found we're out going, something new. We're today. going back to the ranch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but you know, you, you were so you were when you were talking about kind of getting away, 
and weaning yourself, so to speak, off of the 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 programmed rat race life, the city life, if mm-hmm. you will. I thought about something, and I want to know if this is true for you as well. Yeah. I find that when I go back into the city, because I, you know, I still work and travel and things like that, I turn right back into that sort of person. Yep. But I'm also pissed. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm angry. Mm-hmm. So like it settles in and I feel like maybe this there's this like man versus self thing. Like, no, I'm the guy up on the mountain, not down here in the city. Mm. And I wind up, I probably need anger management classes when I go to the city. <laughs> I get really, do you find that oh, you, yeah. your tranquility and like kind of what this does for you out here just disappears when you go to. Oh yeah. I go right back into driving fast and driving aggressive and yeah yeah and thinking yeah. like if somebody's looking at me while i'm driving on the freeway and it's a super busy freeway that like they're looking at me because they want to start shit yeah, you know? yeah what are you looking at yeah and it's like <laughs> i was checking my side view man <laughs> yeah exactly it's like chill out you know yeah but i I, have to, I find myself falling back into that and and same with the the angry thing it's like there's like an edge yeah to those in those environments that it, it like it brings out something in humanity that which i don't think is positive i agree I think that's probably part of why we are where we are, mm-hmm. sort of as a society, like people at each other's thing. And it's not, I don't want to, that's a generalization. Not everybody's that way, obviously. I think people with opposing views can get along. <laughs> I wish they would. Yeah. More so. Yeah, but I wonder if that's, I wonder if that's kind of the underlying build of st- stress or anger or, you know, I don't know what the exact wind up feeling that. You know, I don't know how to describe it really. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's I, not tranquil. No, it's yeah, whatever it's like, tranquil isn't. Yeah, it's this other <laughs> side of it. I don't know. You know, I, that that's a good. That'd be a good thing to to think about because, like, on my end, I've never experienced anything quite like that feeling. Like when I go back and I then I realize that I'm falling back into this. I'm like, wow, I, I know not, not to be like, like yeah. this, this way, but yet I engage in that because I'm back in that environment. And it's almost like that environment forces you to be that way. I mean, right. a lot of people are like that. And they say they come up to the mountains and they feel better and they have a weekend off away from their hustle and bustle of work and all those expectations and they feel better and all that stuff. So that's an interesting point, though. People vacation in our lifestyles. Mm-hmm. So, so, so just think about this for a second. Has anybody ever said... Hey man, I gotta leave the city this weekend and go up into the mountains and be one with nature and get pissed about it. You know, yeah. Because we leave here and go there and get pissed about it. Yeah. It seems like I wish people would realize that. Like it's the, you know, you don't get upset about. Man, I gotta go to the mountains and fish this weekend. Yeah. You know what? I can self-reflect for a weekend. Like <laughs> nobody gets mad about that. Nobody. It doesn't make people. That's true. Angry. Yeah. You know, so it's just kind of a. It's a little epiphany, I guess. It's like it, it's a different world when you live this, mm-hmm. and so maybe you know, maybe that's part of it. when you go back. You know, you should be better than that. Probably, yeah. That probably has something to do with it. So, what, what, what was there a determining factor that got you and Lisa committed to being off grid? Was there, was, or was it a culmination of things? Or, yeah, that's a good. Like what, what, yeah. what, what ultimate moment? Yeah, like what ultimately led to you guys coming up here and just going, you know what, we're gonna uproot our lives in Phoenix. We're going to leave everything that we know down here. We're going to go up there and do the off-grid thing. <laughs> well, it was definitely a common. There was no one moment. Yeah. Um, so so our kids our kids left home, you know, a couple of years ago. They, you know, um, they graduated and, and uh, you know, and, and moved out. Um, it took me five minutes to say graduated. I couldn't think of the word. <laughs> we didn't kick them out of the home. <laughs> um so uh anyway so yeah so our kids moved out a few years ago and we were and the house wasn't the same because the kids are gone and that exact that's actually a really hard time i think for for a married couple who have raised children and they leave and you become an empty nester i think there's actually an adjustment mm-hmm. and it's like what's that what's the bullseye i feel like i need to hit at this point so we actually looked at building a custom home in a really beautiful neighborhood um in the west side of phoenix right by um, um, a county park that's a mountain range. We used to hike it all the time. It's a beautiful area, mm-hmm. and 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 we actually were like, okay, we had a lot picked out. You know, I knew the builder, um, all of that, and um, and then the 
the more we kind of started talking about things in my career and things like that, we, we really kind of talked ourselves out of, uh, you know, getting into that much debt. And that led to kind of a, well, what are we going to do for retirement? Because, you know, it led to the, do you really want to work that long, right? You start over again with a half a million dollars in debt, you know, times 30 years. I mean, yeah. I mean, legitimately, I'm, I'm, you know, this was, say I was 40 at the time. I'd be paying a mortgage until I was 70. Yeah. That's crazy. Even a 15-year mortgage, it would still be, you know, old. I can't do the math. <laughs> um and so we started talking about that, what our retirement was going to be and what it was going to look like and what we wanted to do. And, and um, you know, we all, when we started dating, you know, way back in college, you know, five, six hundred years ago, we were broke. So we'd drive up into the canyons in Utah and that would be our date. We'd start a little fire, mm-hmm. you know, in one of the little campgrounds. And if I'm being totally honest, we'd put the car mats over the spike so we could get into the campground when it, when it was closed. Nice. <laughs> Just a little tip for... Don't do that <laughs> ever. <For> anyone listening, <laughs> um, you know. So we drive in, we make a little fire, and we sit, and we just kind of it was like our little overnight camping. And that was a date for us, you know. Grab some food. It was like that's kind of how we we had our relationship start. And then our we'd always go outdoors with our kids. So when we lived up in Utah, we'd go to Yellowstone three times a summer. Just I mean, it's a wow. it's an amazing area. So we go up there a bunch. You know, I used to fish for actual food, you know, mm-hmm. back in the day. I live in the desert now, so there's no such thing as fish. <laughs> right. um, fish sticks. You get fish sticks here. Yeah. Not the same. <laughs> Not the same. Um, so when we started talking about, and, and of course, you know, we've got the Mogan I mean, Arizona is a beautiful outdoor place to be. So so we kind of started talking about what a retirement was going to look like. And we do so many things outdoors. And, and, um, and, we, and we kind of started talking about, you know, what it, what it was going to be like. And I think just about the time we started looking at, instead of building a house, doing something completely different, you had been on the road for, I want to say about six or eight months. Mm-hmm. My timing is right. My timing might be a little bit off, but who cares? You were already out there kind of doing it. And, you know, and our justification was, well, Brian's always been crazy. <laughs> <laughs> True, right? <laughs> he's always been he's always been a little on the edge. Yeah, but you know, you're you were doing it, and you were making it happen, and we would watch and we would talk about things and start going, "Well, imagine, could you imagine?" Because I think it really is difficult for somebody to just picture themselves not in corporate America, and keeping up with the Joneses, yada yada. Yeah. Like you actually have to kind of dream it a little bit first, you know, because it was a little unreal. Yeah, it's hard to imagine because the. There's no blueprint for it, and, no. and no. yeah, and, and it's like until you're until you're out doing it, it's really it's almost it's impossible to imagine. Yeah, yeah, I think so. That's so that was what I mean. That was kind of what we started doing was just talking through scenarios, you know. And this was uh, I want to say about three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had always kind of talked about owning property in a cabin, and you know we've always hunted and and fished and been outdoors and things like that. So um, if anybody's listening to the hates hunters. I eat everything I kill. I don't just... Guys gotta eat. I also hunt cucumbers and lettuce on the weekends. Um, I'm sure I offended 19 people. You better edit that out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're all, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway. Um, but, I, but really, I think when you were out there doing it, that was when it was like, okay, this is, this is possible. You know, we know someone doing it. And then you're post, you're finding all these people. You're making new friends every weekend with, you know, people at the lake or, you know, and, um, and then you just, you actually started making it a, like a cool book, not a fictional thing. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? Like a, you know. That's, and, and, That's cool, man. Yeah, no, it was, I've, I've told you, 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 you did help inspire us to be where we are. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that, I mean. And that's kind of where it started. I mean, we have a history of it, right? You know, I'm, I've always sort of hunted and, and and stored food and, you know, buy 50 pounds of salt, not the little salt things. Uh-huh. And so that's the kind of planning you don't like, you don't think about. You know, I don't, I can't go to Costco. No, too, too, well, I can't for the last six days. I probably can't tomorrow either yeah. because I can't get anywhere. But, you know, there were, there were sort of like like pieces of the puzzle to get here always in our lives. So camping and hunting and fishing and outdoorsy and raising our kids outdoors and 
you know, we would go camping as a family all the time. Um, I think that was, that was all kind of part of what helped us get to this. You watching you actually make a, you know, make it a, a, a real, a for real thing. You know, cool. I think That's... you hit a year and I was like, oh no, he's not kidding. Yeah. He's actually, yeah, no, he's serious. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. It's, it, it, that, that first year is like vacation. Kind of. Yeah, I'm sure. You, you know, because, because you're, you're, it's like, everything's kind of still new. Yeah. And you haven't, you haven't done all the four seasons yet. But then after that first year, you're like, man, this is real life, you know? Yeah. And then, and then for me, I, I started really paying attention to my water consumption and waste. It's insane. You know, and, and then, and then like recycling, you know, we talked about that today yeah. about how much recycling you, you can generate. And how you can almost have zero waste if you know how to recycle and yeah. you know how to produce Here, stuff. Here's an off-grid tip. Buy a composter and buy three times as many recycling bins as garbage bins. Yeah. So for those of you going off-grid out there... I mean, legitimately, yeah. my composter is still not full. And I put I put all my coffee grounds in it. And that's a lot of coffee grounds. You've seen that thing. Uh-huh. I mean, I, and that's one half. is still isn't full. I, I'm out of recycling room and I have room for two more bags of garbage. Oh, man. I'm going to take off my jacket here. It's hot. This, this, this jacket's fucking like... Goddamn, I'm wearing a heater. Oh, Merrill. Yeah. I've not, I've not owned any... I've owned Merrill shoes. I love Merrill footwear. Yeah, they I've never stuff. owned the, any clothes by them, though. It, it's good. I mean, I, I like it. I might have to try some. Did I ever tell you my Merrill story? My uh-huh. I, Merrill's for me are like shoes for women. Yeah. I have. I'm not kidding. I have a pair for dirt hikes. I have a pair for water hikes. I have a pair for both. Yeah. I have a pair of slippers. <laughs> All Merrills. I have Merrills for every occasion. I'm not even. Kidding. <laughs> if they made Merrill. if they made if they made a birthday party shoes, I would probably buy a pair because <laughs> they are the they're anyway. That's funny. I, I legitimately, I have like, my wife's like, this is gross. I'm like, this, you have 900 pairs of shoes. He's like, but this is disgusting. <laughs> yeah. These, yeah, but your only shoes are Merrill. Yeah, this, these all have one one purpose. Yeah. You're not wearing these with a different outfit. So, right, right, yeah. Yeah, your slipper shoes are just for the late early morning. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Those are, my, those are my early Merrills. Yeah. I do have my middays and my <laughs> evening Merrills. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Well, you know, I was thinking though, back 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 to the off grid stuff. I don't know if everybody, you know, a lot of people say, "Oh, I'd love to go off grid," and you know, you, you'll hear it from people. Oh, I, I see mean, it online all the time. Yeah, but it's like, I really think people before they go and choose to live this way, they really need to test it out and see if they're gonna like it. Because yeah. I I don't think it's for everybody. I don't think so either. Yeah. I think a lot of people would actually be really unhappy. Yeah, I do too. You have to, yeah. Um, so this winter was particularly difficult. We had some pipes freeze. And, and I was just freaking out. Like, that's the worst thing, right? Pipes freeze. That means no wa- good water in, no bad water out. And I'm just losing my mind. And my wife is cool as a cucumber. And I'm like, I don't understand how you cannot freak out. And she says, this is the life we chose. When it hit me, like, she, like she punched me in the nuts, dude. Yeah. Like, it is chill out dude you know and i just so i said okay all right oh well. so here's what we're gonna do we got that we can do this for water we can do this for water we're okay here then we're just gonna chill out i built a little baby greenhouse to warm the ground over the pipe that froze yeah do you know what i mean yeah like it's dumb i know but yeah no, no, it works though it, works. it does well warm i mean warmed the ground up yeah. no no question and i did get clean water before i you know got rid of my dirty water because that other that bad pipe got frozen too <laughs> but but that's like that's the, that's the thing is if you are going to be high strung about stuff breaking don't do it yeah because newsflash nobody predicted that the ground would freeze 18 inches down mm-hmm. because code is 18 inches we had a terrible winter yeah shit happens if you're going to freak out about it don't do it because yeah. the same thing is going to happen in the summer. I'm going to have an air conditioner break or a sail tear or, you know, something. Mm-hmm. Something's going to happen. Yeah, I I would I would totally agree with that. I tell people that about truck camping. I'm like, you can't prep for everything. No. Because 
it's, it's just impossible to do. You, you can't prep for anything because you, you can't forecast all the stuff that can go wrong or the things that can just go sideways. Right. No, not, not, it's not necessarily wrong. It's just uh, something went in a direction that you didn't think it was going to go. And now you're like, oh, crap, I didn't even plan for that. But it's like you're out here on your own. No one else is helping you. No. Nope. You, know, you got to figure it out. And like, like we were talking with your solar stuff, there are wires that you touched that could probably have electrocuted you. <laughs> oh, yeah, for you sure. Know, if that thing was on. So, yeah, that's a, that's, that's a scary endeavor. But there's also a confidence that I think that is that living this way, it breeds a sort of confidence that you don't get living any other way. You know, when you're self-sufficient, when you're harvesting your energy from the sun or the wind... And then if you've got your water, whether it's, you know, you pick it up in town or you're purifying it through whatever means you have, and then you're taking those resources that you're harvesting and you're turning into functional usage for you, like powering your, your washer and dryer and, you know, powering your lights and different things like that. To be able to do that and be off the grid and not have to rely on the energy services, to me, there's just, there's some sort of confidence that I get. I'm like, hey, shit, it's the fan and the entire grid goes down, then I'm fine. Because I know how to operate without it. And it's no big deal. Yeah. Whereas, uh, I don't know, I, I I never got that sense of confidence living, living in the plugged-in you know, world, if you will. I, I, I would say that's really true. You think about it just, you know, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to go back in time a little bit, but you think about it, if you're sitting at home and you get a rolling blackout, right? In Phoenix, they would get rolling blackouts all the time because... Everybody gets home from work and they flip on their air conditioner at 5.05. Oh. And it pulls too much off the grid. So, so you know, that happens and, like, boom, everything shuts down. Your air conditioner's not working. It's July. How many people just lose their minds? Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. You know, it happens all the time. Like, everybody knows what it is. In Phoenix. They've gotten The grid's gotten better since, you know, back then. There's a lot more solar, too. But, but I mean, everybody knows what it is and everybody's still, not everybody necessarily, but, every, you know, a lot of people still freak out. They don't know what to, you know, what do you do? What are we going to do? Just stick your head in your freezer for like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's got to be worse things that can happen. But you're so used to those conveniences. And, and frankly, you know, in most places, electricity is, is cheap. So you kind of take it for granted sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not in Phoenix. So our bill before we moved was, with solar panels, was $500. A month? Yeah. Well, Holy. in the summer, in the summer, in the summer. Holy cow. Yeah. Wow, that's too much. Yeah, I had so and I, and I did I mention I had solar panels? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. you know. Um, so anyway, um, I know he, that's a reason to get off grid. Yeah, the rising costs of you know of goods and services and regulations is insane. I you know in the home building industry, I know a little bit about over the last like fifteen years, twenty five percent of the increase in cost of homes. Is due to regulations. Really? Yeah. Huh. So you think about that. I mean, think about a two by four today. What it cost twenty years ago. You've been in you know building. You know. Yeah. It's wow. it's 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 not that much more. What is it? You know, you're maybe with inflation and everything a dollar more. Mm-hmm. Then you know you could get it for you know a dollar fifty you know twenty years ago and two fifty today. I think that maybe four bucks. Yeah. It hasn't gone up that much. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. and then some of that is taxes, and and there's tariffs and things going on as well currently. But, but you know, you, you know, all, those things just start creeping away, and then you take inflation, you add inflation to it, you take some tax changes, not being able to get some write offs or whatever, that all starts to eat away at your lifestyle, and then what are you running the race for? Yep. You know what I mean? I, I get real passionate about. No, no, totally. Well, because, you know, like like I've talked with other people about, you don't want to look back in your life and go, man, I lived my entire life to make somebody else's dream come true. I never chased mine. You know? I, this I, is true. And I, I had a guy in, in Buena Vista who's a really cool guy. He's an older guy that's super successful, owns a bunch of cool places in town, like restaurants and bars and stuff like that. And he pulled me aside one, one day and... Uh, He's like, man, I always wanted to do what you what you're doing, but I never had the balls to do it, and then, and then just walked away. And I was like, I mean, that that was like the best compliment, you know. I was like, man, that's cool that he he said that. I don't know. I I think that following your heart and doing stuff like this and breaking away from the norm, it does take it does take, it does take some guts. It does. You know, I, I think a lot of people think they'd like to. Yeah, I think they yeah they like the idea of it. Right, right. 
So. Yeah, it's funny you say that because I I actually on several occasions have been in conversation and and mentioned oh yeah I live yeah, I live on a mountain nobody knows the name of the town because there's you know, population four <laughs> and uh, eventually you know I'm like I'm like that vegan everyone hates hates I'm off grid yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. eventually it gets to you know uh, the off grid conversation and um, and almost everyone goes oh I would love to do that like they have that. You know what? You know, nobody's ever said I've never had the balls to do that. That's that's a very specific. Mm-hmm. Someone really wants yeah. to wants to have that kind of life. Um, but everybody says, "Oh, I would love that. I would love to do that." And I think, I think, I think you're right on some level. Everybody should try it. Mm-hmm. Try it out. You know, wear it for a week. You know, do it at home. See if you can live without your air conditioner or heater. Yeah. Or, I mean, I know it sounds weird, but rations, Yeah, ration like six gallons of water for like yeah. three, three or, days. Yeah, or count it. See how much water you actually use. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what shocked. I mean? It, yes, it's insane how much water. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Shocked is the right word. Yeah. Then source it. Do it yourself. Go get a, go to uh, Ace Hardware, pick up a 30-gallon barrel of water, and then, you know, see how much you use and see how often you have to fill that 30-gallon barrel at a you know, a pump or something Yeah. to see just how difficult it would be if you have to source what gives you life. Dude, people would be a lot more conservative with their, with their water and yeah. their food and all that stuff if they live like this. It's opened my eyes immensely. Like, mm-hmm. My perspective has 100% changed. Yeah. And it's because of carrying your own water, like you don't want to waste any of it. Not a drop. So yeah, it's just like, I don't know. It, when, when it's when it's that convenient where you can just flip on a 30-minute shower and not even think twice about it and not not even consider like how much water that is, right. then that's where I think the disassociation begins. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because, yeah, it goes back to taking it for granted. You, yeah. you know, you walk into your den and you turn on your computer and you play a game or, you know, do whatever. And, you know, if you've got three lights on because it's dark and you don't have a backlit keyboard. That's a very specific example, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know... I, today, I mean, and I've, we've, you know, we've lived up here, so we, we bought it two years ago, and then we actually moved to it about 18 months ago, and we didn't have everything, this all wasn't here, all of this glory wasn't here, <laughs> <laughs> it's a muddy disaster out there, it's a beautiful yeah. lot of land. This lap of luxury wasn't here yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly, these, these non- Called moldings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so we you know have been up here eighteen months, and I, and I think about every light. I think about every you know every, every amp and every watt and <laughs> what happens and how much water I use and yeah, spilling water. Even yeah. though I have two giant tanks of water out there, yeah. I'm not getting. If I was out of water right now, I would not get water into those tanks for probably weeks i mean it's been six days right because no trucks no water trucks making it up here right yeah right and my truck i'm not (laughs) we couldn't even get the ranger more than 10 feet out of the driveway so my truck's not getting down there to pump water and bring it back that's i know you carry it it's all i guess the point is it's all difficult and you need to you you need to plan for it and and if you're not watching it at home there's no way to watch it up here no i would totally agree with that because we started to before we moved. Did you? Yeah, I had solar panels for three years. Oh yeah. You know, watching all of that, I you know I knew when my you know things were kicking on. I put capacitors in my air conditioners to reduce the amperage when they turn on. I um, bought these super high end thermostats. I mean, I did all of this stuff, which is actually good for the new homeowner. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but you know, all of that, you make each decision on on you know a thermostat or a jumper or whatever based on something you're paying attention to. You don't change your thermostat and put a jumper in your air conditioner if you don't know that when those amps hit your, you know, your electrical grid, you've, it just costs you, you know, 25 bucks, and you couldn't even get that kind of amperage up here with my system. Yeah. I couldn't kick on an air conditioner with that thing. You couldn't? I don't think so. No. No. Matter maybe. The batteries would smoke. Yeah. I don't <laughs> Blow off. Damn it! Yeah, there is. They do produce hydrogen. So. <laughs> um, bad. 
No, mini, but I mean... mini bomb in the backyard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's far away from that. <clears throat> it's not it's like that far from the living quarters. What a dummy. Yeah. Hindsight. Yeah. Thanks for that, Brian. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'm going to dream well tonight. <laughs> sorry, Chad. <laughs> what was that noise? Hydrogen bomb. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, I think like you said, you you should try it. You should pay attention. You should... Everyone should see how many gallons of water their household uses in 30 days. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's, it's, it's... And then look at ways you can cut back. Yeah. You know, because everybody can. Yeah. You know, one of the things I'm going to do, like, with this bathhouse is... I'm going to one, get one of those ICB, IBC, I can't remember, 250-gallon tanks that has, like, the cage around it. Uh-huh. And I'm taking the, the, the gutters on this building... And I'm re and I'm flipping this one, and I'm going to run them that direction. And instead of into rain barrels, they're going to dump into that 250 gallon tank. And I'm going to set it right up here on stilts. Then I'm going to gravity feed the toilet. Oh, cool! Why should I pay? I know it's like a nickel a gallon or something stupid, <laughs> but why should I pay for water or water delivery or have to pay for gas and all that when I can take melted snow? I have a lot of that currently. Um, you know, rain, whatever the 13 or 14 inches we get up here every year, collect it, run it into a 250 gallon tank, which, you know, I can fill that up. Well, I would have filled that up in the last week. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And then now you're at, you can go, um, I'm using one and a half gallons of flush. So I don't, you know, overflow the toilet, you know, you can live in the, you know, the water lap of luxury then it's rainwater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And what happens is it goes into my septic system, which runs into a leach field, which pushes all back into the ground where it was going to go anyway. See, I'm from Colorado, and I don't, I don't get to afford myself any of these wonderful rainwater collection yeah. ideas through the bullshit R- laws R- of the state. There's a list online of the most liberty states in uh-huh. the U- U.S., uh-huh. and that's what, that's a good off-gridder guide. If you're so not in the what, top what, what's, what's number one? Uh, I think it's Alaska. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Makes sense though. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, yeah, it's fine. He's a thousand miles deep in it's the right, bush. Yeah. yeah. It's all good. And <laughs> here's and here's your thousand dollars for all the oil we produce. Yeah. Here exactly. in Alaska. Thanks yeah. for being a citizen. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Alaska's number one. Um, and there's there's some kind of surprising ones. I think Arizona's like third or fourth. Is it? Yeah. And I think it's because of rainwater collection. And uh, there's one other reason I can't remember. Yeah, that's huge. It is. Rainwater's a big deal. Well, you know, and I, and I think people also need to look at a, a piece of land and say, okay, if I'm going to be back there off-grid, what can I re- what, what can I harvest from the land and turn into some sort of either electricity or heat or, you know, if they got water on their own property, that's that's great because you can do a bunch of stuff with, with water. But people will look at land and be like, oh, that's great. I'm going to set up an off-grid ranch there. Well, okay, how's it going to operate? Do you get full sun? If not, you can roll out solar. You know, do you do you get good wind? Okay, well then you can do you know windmill power and stuff like that. But do you also get good lightning? Because if you do, windmills are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, you could uh, could fry it pretty quick. Yeah, you know, and so a lot of people don't take into account how the land definitely works. De- you know, it definitely plays into how you're going to live out there. Yeah, and so that's one thing I want to stress with people is that you know if somebody's thinking about going off grid, it's like. Don't just say like, "Yeah, hey, that piece of land is great because it's cheap." Yeah. Well, there's probably a reason why it's cheap. Right. You probably can't work it. You can't do much with it. So, you know, you don't want to just live on a sterile piece of land. So, other than Colorado and the rainwater issue, mm-hmm. um, I think you can you can always collect water, and I think people should consider elevation changes in land. That's one thing that I found pretty valuable about this piece because it's fairly useless. There's no river. I guess there's a wash down there, mm-hmm. right, on the bottom side. But it's fairly useless. You're not going to get power out here. Power lines stop, you know, seven or eight miles back. But if you have an elevation change front to back, whatever, like when we do hear about, I think it's like 85 feet or something, mm-hmm. then you have gravity, and you can use that to your advantage. So, for instance, the tree, we haven't been down there yet because it's too muddy. You mm-hmm. will get, we'll die. we'll die of of mud Uh, but you know we haven't gone back past the solar array I've got a little grove of quaking aspens growing Um, and then down a little bit further because we haven't been out to the tree stand together but you'll see a couple of little areas where we're putting in 
um, uh, apple and pear trees, little orchard, mm. right? So we can grow our own fruit up here because we're at a pretty good elevation for that. And if you are, you know, so if you put the trees down a little bit, then you can move your rainwater in an efficient way to your orchards, right? Or to your aspen grove or to, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a lot of creative things that people should consider because this is an ugly piece of land that nobody wanted, nobody saw potential in. We got, we talked them down 25% on the offer. Really? Yeah. Nice. And they took it. So they, nobody saw value in it. Then we saw, you, you know, this. You're, you're starting to see the vision that we saw with it. Yeah. And you'll see, and you've seen my hoses and some of my, you know, my little poly lines. Mm-hmm. They're all for gravity. They're all to move. So I don't need a pump water to gardens and orchards and yeah you know what i mean yeah that's that that's that's how you have to think you absolutely know what you're talking about here yeah you you, you can't think about the traditional way of of how they do it back in the city because that doesn't work out here no i mean it could but then you're going to be running a generator all day like you're gonna have your own noise pollution or and they smelt i hate running my generator up Mm -hmm. here yeah you know or you're going to be are you going to put so many solar arrays up to run everything that you're going to uglify it a little bit more, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You have to know what you want to do, have a plan and then sort of identify what the potential of the land is. Yeah. Cause I could, cause we could drive to the next lot over then you will find useless. The first one we looked at, I was telling you about earlier, mm-hmm. useless for, for, for our purposes, but the pictures, the way the, the, the listing looked, it looked ideal. Yeah, oh, yeah. perfect. Yeah, of course. You know what I mean? We got up there. Good marketing. Oh yeah, it was no, it was great marketing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't. It wasn't the right. It wasn't not not just a fit. It just wouldn't. It wouldn't suit our needs. A beautiful piece of land. Yeah. Just not. Not what we want to do. We want to have rabbits and chickens and gardens and orchards and yeah. pet tigers. So what what's uh what's the what's the next project here that you plan on undertaking besides besides the the, the greenhouse dry out what's that dry, dry out dry out yeah <coughs> um that so we're actually gonna do a workshop is the next one and what we and what's kind of cool about this little Christmas village is what my wife calls it mm-hmm. it's these little houses that have a specific utility around right so this is the bathhouse as much as it looks like a shed from the outside <laughs> it's a beautiful bathhouse. Um, and then, uh, you know, so obviously the trailer, uh, the electric shed, we have the, the Connex that we're, um, we're going to finish roofing it and it will look, basically we're going to make it look like a barn. Okay. So, cause Connexes are kind of ugly. So that will be its own building and it will be super um, insulated and protected. Uh, so we're, so all of these little, pro- in the music room I told you about. So all of these little projects are kind of helping us build the cabin. So we're messing up on all these little deals, right? I've got tons of mistakes in here. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the framing right there, you can yeah. see it in the bathroom. Yeah. It's a little, um, it's a little off. It's it gives right. you something to do while you're in there. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Hey, look at that. <laughs> Someone needs a plumb bob. Uh, that's an old school tool, Brian. <laughs> okay. You're a little too young to know what a plumb bob is. <laughs> Um, anyway, so, so we're learning and making the kind of our mistakes here so we can build the cabin ourselves, uh, except for obviously some, some, you know, excavating and, you know, and foundation and stuff. Yeah. Um, so the next one we're going to do is a, is a workshop and we're going to make it a little bit bigger than this one, uh, because it's not livable square footage. This is livable because obviously you're living in it. You yeah. Can, you can live it. So that one we're thinking about doing with, um, cinder blocks. So one of the things that I like to do is jump online and look at material calculators to help me determine um i'm not trying to be cheap but every penny counts just like every gallon counts just like every watt counts mm-hmm. so um so what i've done is i've actually built sort of virtually built the workshop and it's and we need to put our tools in there on our shelves and you can see kind of some of the construction stuff around here i'd like to keep the painting and everything indoors so that we don't have things flying around and you know we get a good we actually had like a giant dust devil roll down our driveway not too long ago, and it then it will move the sawhorses, and it gets super windy up here. So I'd like to so I'd like to have a workshed for that, so we we can actually do a lot of that, like cutting and things like that indoors instead of outdoors. And uh, and I did this material calculator, and it's cheaper to build it with cinder blocks 
Then hmm. stick frame. Hmm. And it will be um, more heavily insulated. Um, it's really sturdy. So the other thing we thought about was, did we want to do, like if we, you know, if we even pour sand inside the cinder blocks or concrete or whatever we decide to do, whatever material we put in there, like it's going to be really tough to try and break in and steal my tools. Yeah. Which, unfortunately, I mean, not we, we don't have this issue way out here, but a lot of small towns have high theft in tools as a very fast, you know, flip for pawn shops. Mm. So, um, so I want to kind of lock them up. Yeah. I'm a little worried. I mean, I'm, huh? I'm not worried, but I'm fortunate that we haven't had any issues this long. Well, that's good. Yeah. Well, I, I like it out here, man. This is nice. It's peaceful. And, you know, one thing that I've really enjoyed is that there's no planes flying overhead. Like, they have a couple of little single-engine ones. You yeah, know? but not, I mean, like, in Colorado, it's nonstop, like I was telling you. So, it's tranquil out here, man. Yeah. I think you had a good piece. Yeah. So. I love the, the, the coyotes in the mornings and the evenings. Yeah. They almost always hear them. That's nice. Um, I've seen a bunch of deer track around. So. Yeah, there's deer. We have deer. We have antelope. There's tons of antelope out here. Tons of antelope. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah we see them all stuff. the time. Um, yeah, it's nice. It's just us. You know, occasionally there's a neighbor, like two um, plots over. Occasionally we can hear their generator. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're out here full time, so we don't hear you know yeah. a lot. That's that's awesome. Yeah. Well, dude, you got a slice of heaven out here, man. I think so. <laughs> I think so. I look forward to seeing how this grows. She would be patient. Yeah. No, no, because no, <laughs> some nights not going to be overnight. <laughs> but no, I mean it's fun. The the you know the the buildings and the projects and it's interesting because one of the things I was talking to Lisa about is we have this list of things we want to do. Uh-huh. And I go the the crappy thing is this list of things we want to do keeps growing, and sort of the list of things we have to fix. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like it's like backlog. something new today? Nope, we gotta fix what the Ravens did on top of the uh, trailer. You know, yeah. It's just that's the other balance. You know, yeah. There's always a something to do. There's something to fix. Yes, yeah. And that's that's definitely right. This is not uh, like we said before. This is not the easy life. It's not, but it's rewarding. Yeah, oh, it's definitely rewarding. You know, imagine not being handcuffed to your sitcoms. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think about that. I think about how the, we used to go, well, let's make sure we have dinner by this time so we can sit down and watch this. Oh. <laughs> Makes me puke. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Thinking about it now. It's musty TV! <laughs> musty TV. Do you remember that? Yeah. From like 98 or 97 or yeah. something. When Friends was on. Oh, that was crazy. Yeah. yeah. Well, cool, man. Well, what do you say we wrap this up? That's yeah, that's cool. I could use some candy. <laughs> okay. Let's go get some. <laughs> right on. All right.